I have been neglecting a huge world of Star Wars video games, and with your help, that changes. So, we're, we're, we're talking about SWOTOR today, we're talking about Star Wars The Old Republic, which has been, been going on over 10 years, am I right? Uh, the 10th anniversary comes this December. Welcome. 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 Welcome to Uplink. That's mind-blowing. Like, I remember when the first trailer came out, and I was like, what, what, what's going on here? And I, w- I was thrown off with the super, like, intense cinematic trailer that they had. You know the one I'm yeah. talking about? Yep. There's and four of them. They're, they're beautiful. And mm-hmm. um, it, was of the, it was of the time where those cinematic trailers were, like, the thing to do if you did a, an MMO-type game. That's, That's just how right. it worked. Yeah, so there was four, four of them prior to launch, and... It so at that point I was a Call of Duty player, and okay. I saw this, and I've been a Star Wars fan obviously my whole life, and I saw these trailers, and I was like, oh my god, I have to play this game. So I I built a computer just <laughs> for this game. I you know well I built it, but it was mostly for this game. But I was playing Call of Duty on the computer, and I was so hyped for these trailers. I pre-ordered the collector's edition, everything day one. I load in, I pick up pick my server uh the server and i play it and i was like what the hell is this <laughs> i've been duped <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad i'm not the only one a hundred percent so then um because i didn't follow anything other than those four trailers right i didn't Same look here, at the man. gameplay yeah i was like okay this game looks awesome I'm expecting greatness. And so I loaded in and I was like, oh no, what is this? So then I played for two weeks and I said, this is not my speed. But don't forget, this is back when Modern Warfare 2 was mm-hmm. at the height of popularity. Yeah, And that back then it was like I was getting out of work and flying home as fast as I can to get into the Xbox lobby with my friends. Because if you were in the first nine, it's like you were on the A-team. Yeah. And then if you didn't make it, it's like you were playing with all, well, I'm a dad now, but it's like you were stuck playing with all the dads. (laughs) And uh, you would spend your whole night losing, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then years, uh, six years ago, my wife and I bought our first house and... I was like, I was frustrated with video games because I didn't have one that I like loved, and mm-hmm. that was during that really low point of no Star Wars games. Yeah, and my wife says, "Why don't you play that game with that guy up on the statue that you have?" And it was Darth Malgus, <laughs> and I was like, "You know, that's a great point." And I started playing it, and I've never stopped, and it's grown so much and Mm -hmm. now i feel like the game is better now than it was then or is it that people find a game that they and they get comfortable in it and they don't want to leave it that's what i'm trying to kind of just find that balance between the game and other games because i find now that when i play swotor i don't play other games as much because i feel Mm -hmm. like oh i have something else to do in swotor that that has been um so my girlfriend is a huge mmo type player she loves uh she used to play lord of the rings online all the time 
and other other friends of mine who are MMO players. I personally am not a huge MMO guy, but most of the people that I talk to that are MMO people, that's exactly it. They they play the MMO for years and like they get super deep into it or they go play everything other than that and then they get back to it again at some point in the future. <laughs> no, and it's so true. And and I feel like maybe because my life has slowed down, I actually enjoy the MMO because I never played an MMO before I played this game ever. Hmm. It was always a first person shooter. Yeah. And it's funny. I think this game has brought me closer to Star Wars games. Like I started playing Battlefront 2. I'm playing it like a maniac right now. And that's a lot due to there's some there's some streamers that are playing it that I see. And now they've put SWOTOR mods in it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I play as Darth Malgus or Arkin or Valen, and, like, I need to meet these mods. So there's a, there's a streamer, Director Chronic, and he streams Battlefront 2. He, okay. he must know the modder because he made a mod of himself. <laughs> so there's a mod that you can play as Director Chronic in Battlefront 2. But, I like, Fallen Order, I started playing Fallen Order like I wanted to, but I feel like it's because of Star Wars uh, SWOTOR. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But something happened a couple months ago. Um, SWOTOR just released their game update uh, today, actually. It's game update 6.3. Yes. Uh, it's called Secrets of the Enclave. And there's a new Flashpoint, which is like a dungeon for anybody that doesn't play MMO. So it's a four-player, four-person group instanced mission. So, you know, I haven't done it yet. And then, you know, the start of uh, ranked PvP season 14 started today. But something else, I uh, I reached out to you because I think this is a huge discussion. Today, they started what they're calling Galactic Seasons. Yes. And a few months ago, they released um, something called Login Rewards. So, basically, every day you log in, you earn an item in game the reward track in the beginning is worthless for a veteran player like me but if you decided to play the game for the first time Mm -hmm. this login reward would really help you because you get like xp boosts this boost that boost a couple health packs you know stuff to really help you in the beginning of the game yeah so they they did that and we were all loving it but then they decided that they were going to do this thing called Galactic Seasons, which it, all it is, is it's a battle pass. Mm-hmm. So last time we had, had you on the podcast, we were talking about how uh, there was a, a want and a need for a continuation of updates for SOTOR. Like that was a huge yes. part of our discussion last time we had you on the podcast. And here we go. Uh, so the main, main topic of the episode is going to be what the world of SOTOR is like in 2021 but first off let's talk about the news that you're talking about with the update 6.3 and what what it brings and what it adds to the world of star wars the old republic because i i really feel like uh like we were talking about earlier there was the 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 cinematic trailers and there was this perceived notion that uh the game was more than it actually was at launch like there was the it was this beautiful cinematic it was going to be super realistic and then it didn't end up being like that it, it turned me off when I first started playing it uh, and I, I didn't really go back and then you reached out and said hey 
you need you need to go back and kind of look at look at Sotor again because it's it's different from what you you last perceived it as and I really think with the most recent trailer they're really saying hey this is the game that we're making and they're embracing it which is weird for a game made by EA and BioWare in 2021. <laughs> I think corporate the corporate run businesses that don't respect developers it really shows and i think you know like anthem with bioware got the raw into the stick i think they mm-hmm. just rushed it out it, that game could have been amazing but i feel like with a game like anthem they were just chasing the destiny um yep the destiny trainer like a borderland something like that where swotor i think they finally settled into what they are they're an MMORPG in the Star Wars universe at 3,000 years before Episode 4. Yep. Or A New Hope. Or just Star Wars. The Star Wars. But however you look at it. <laughs> yes. It's completely free to start. So you can play all eight class stories for completely free. If you want to play it right now, it's only on the PC. But you can download it and play it for free. And do all of the original stories that came out with the game. And they're fantastic stories. If you liked KOTOR, you will love the story aspect of these games because it's the same style. Okay. You sold me. You sold me more than any of the trailers that have come out for this game. (laughs) If you can get past... Okay, so I'll be honest. If you can get past the mindless traveling across plant like desolate planets because don't forget the game is 10 years old which means mm-hmm. the engine is probably 13 years old yeah you know what i mean um so you know when you go to okay like battlefront do you remember battle well of course you remember battlefront 2015 i will never forget the feeling when i did the team deathmatch version whatever it was called uh in tatooine at the skiff at java's skiff mm-hmm. that was the most amazing map ever it felt real like i was there yeah where in swotor it shows the vastness of a planet cuz you're traveling these planets and all you're seeing is a couple monsters scattered through once you learn how to traverse the land the story is incredible and it really for me it sucks you in and it makes it and you have your light side dark side and kind of medium choices but if you want to see the person that you are if you create a character and you're like i'm gonna play this as if it's me you could turn the alignments off so you don't see if you're making a dark side or light side choice and you'd be surprised how many dark side choices you make as a person Oh, I like this. I I really yeah. like that. And what I like about it is if you want to play solo, you can play solo. And the the original class stories are not difficult at all. You can just walk through them. You may die a couple times, but that's okay too. But the the stories are very in-depth and you travel from planet to planet to planet. And personally, my favorite planet is Narshada. Because when you think of Narshada and you land there, it is completely like what it is in my head. I would imagine Narshada to be. Okay. Or going into House Organa on Alderaan. Just the semblance of it. Even if it's 3,000 years prior, it's still the semblance like, oh my God, look where I am. And the scale of the game is so big in that sense. 
and the story is amazing. But where it is in 2021, and I'm going to circle back to that, I feel like this is the best year to get into the game because I feel like they they're going they haven't announced all the big stuff um that's coming this year for their 10th anniversary but I feel like it's they're building towards something big. Okay. I would imagine there's going to be a big expansion this year just because it's the 10 year anniversary and they've been talking about it for 2 years, you know what I mean? Mhm. They came out with an expansion a year ago in October. Or no, no, no. It was two Octobers ago because last year was COVID. Last October was COVID. I can't remember. I feel like we're missing a year. Um, yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna. This is actually 2020. 2020 didn't actually happen. This is 2020 <laughs> part two. We're just calling part it 2021. Uh, a, That's right. 2020 electric boogaloo. <laughs> exactly. I feel like they're building towards something, mm-hmm. and I imagine after this game update that they gave us today, they're going to start talking about the big stuff that's coming later in the year. I, I would think so, too, with something this big. Um, so originally, we had planned last week to go over the, this topic, and it's a it's it's pretty great that we skipped this week or last week, and we were able to make it this week because perfect timing with this update drop here. So let's let's jump into this. What what the heck's going on with Galactic Seasons? I'm just going to read a little excerpt. Building upon the login system that launched in Game Update 6.2, we are now unveiling Galactic Seasons. While login rewards are an easy method for collecting rewards by simply logging into the game, Galactic Seasons feature new high-value rewards based on playing the game. It's basically a battle pass. Mm-hmm. So their track is each galactic season is going to last five months. Okay. Just like Call of Duties or Apex Legends. I feel like all of the games are doing these battle passes now. It just it makes sense in the scope of gaming right now. We are looking at more of a games as a service landscape. We're seeing companies saying, hey, instead of making a game every year, we can make it a single game, but build it up over time, and we can build up uh, the monetary part of things in terms of a battle pass, bringing people in, give them stuff for free, but also say, hey, if you pay this battle pass, you can get some extra stuff and not necessarily tied into the gameplay. Right. So SWOTOR is a subscription. It's either free to play preferred means you've bought something in their cash shop which is called the cartel market or you can subscribe which is 15 bucks a month or if you you know if you prepay six months it goes to like 13 bucks a month yeah so they have two reward tracks basically the free track which you can be completely free and play this game and still earn rewards towards the battle pass or if you're subscribed obviously you're going to get better rewards Mm -hmm. and what's great is there's no charge for the galactic season so you're not paying anything extra for the battle pass all you're all you're paying for is your subscription and if you don't like if you started playing you would start earning these galactic seasons rewards in your in your free to play but there is a couple a lot of people are really kind of up in arms about some of it there's okay. the catch-up mechanic where you can pay um, to skip levels via their cartel um, oh, coins, okay. which is their cash shop. So you can skip through all the way to the end. 
it's the same amount to skip every level. So let's say there's item like when you really want the XP boost that's at level five, you can pay 100 cartel coins to skip to the next level. So you can earn that right now. Let's say it your XP boost wore off and you really want that. Mm-hmm. I don't mind this at all. And I can tell you why. I feel like anytime they're going to give you something for playing the game, fantastic. It's included in your subscription, or you can be free to play and earn rewards. For anybody, I'm okay with that. There's no nothing that they're giving you that is, I'm doing the quotation marks of the good old pay to win. <laughs> There's nothing that's going to give you an advantage in the game that you're getting from these rewards. Okay. So are these rewards you know, um, cosmetics? Yes. Adrenals. You know, things that, like, if you're a new player, they're going to really help you. And when you get into the higher tier stuff, it's not really, like, there's nothing there that is giving you a, a competitive advantage, I should say. If you're getting an XP boost, that's only helping you as yourself. Okay. It's not necessarily improving your skill in the game or giving you the best weapon in the game. It's no. you as a character leveling up. Correct. And, you know, like some of the reward tracks, you earn a companion, which is just your friend that travels the world with you. And um, I think in at the end of the season, if you make it to level 100, they created um, a new stronghold. Um, so a stronghold is basically like a house that you can decorate with items, decorations. And there's one for the Republic side, which is the incorrect side, or the Imperial side, which obviously inside is the best side. And they're on the <laughs> their fleets. Basically, the fleet is where you can find all the vendors for whatever you want. And they made like an apartment there that you can earn. And that's like the big reward you get from playing the galactic season. There's a hundred levels and there's multiple ways to earn the reward, but here's where people are upset. And I'm not upset about this is I can completely pay 10,000 cartel coins to skip all the way to a level of 100 and be done. Okay. For me, I don't mind that because if you don't have the time, if you don't have the time to play as much as, let's say me and you, yeah, you want to you want to do the battle pass and you're going to grind it out because you have that time to do that. Me, I don't have that time. So what I do is now I have to, I'm like, okay, how long is this going to take me? And basically... You need to get uh, 41 points a week, and that's by doing um, login rewards, your daily bonus and your weekly bonuses, and you almost have to log in and do that every every day to every other day to get to the end at five months, or you can just pay the 10,000 cartel coins and be done. Okay, so it's more of like... It's more of a, I'm going to shout out your podcast here, working class nerd type uh, advantage. You know, work, working man works works nine to five, gets home, doesn't want to be able to grind all the hours, say someone in high school would be able to dedicate yeah. to that time. Correct. That's exactly right. You. That's spot on. So 
cheat code. I used a cheat code today, and I just bought my way to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at it as like I I play video games to enjoy them, and I don't ever want to feel as if I have to grind to get to the end. And I don't ever spend cartel coins on anything, so I had an abundance of those things. So I just <laughs> bought my way to the end. Okay. And my friends are all telling me how um I cheated, and I said no, I did it so that I can enjoy just playing the game and not be stressed out about having to grind these levels and worry about it. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't like that about games. I don't want to be forced to do something that I don't want to do. Yeah. But again, I'm not upset that they made this battle pass, but the real reason why I asked you about this is cause I wanted to hear what your thoughts are as a non MMO player, but you play the battlefronts and other games. Mm hmm. What do you think about adding a battle pass to an MMO? I mean, I think it makes perfect sense. I think it is the way that games, the game industry as a whole is moving towards. Uh, I think MMOs, I think MMOs from my my outward view of someone who doesn't really play them, but can, can see and understand why people play them. For me, I think it fits very well to that whole infrastructure. I think uh, one of the problems that I face with MMOs is the, the time sink. Um, and something like this Battle Pass, the way you're explaining it, is a benefit for people who don't want to spend... They they want to experience the stories of SWOTOR because it's, it's a big part of Star Wars. There's a huge community around it. And... Maybe they maybe that's been the barrier of entry for them is the the amount of time that they've been able they they've been forced to sink into the game and this is something that um, will benefit from benefit them as they play it um, yeah like personally I would have loved to see if Battlefront had done a battle pass type feature I think if they did something like that from the beginning versus uh, relying on the loot box um, system. I think we would still be playing Battlefront 2 and continue getting updates. Uh, I think one of the reasons that we didn't get a continuation of updates for Battlefront was because of a lack of a lack of recurring revenue. If we want to put it in a big if we want to put it in business terms, that's that's where it boils down to. Um, how much development time are they putting into this game? How much money are they bringing back from it? And for something like SWOTOR, a game that's going to be celebrating its 10th anniversary, it just makes sense. If if we want to continue, uh, if you enjoy SWOTOR, and if you want it to continue, there's got to be a way for something like this. Yeah, they've got the subscription, but also people love skins. People love skins. So I think that's a, a, a big part of it. And I do agree with that. And that's one thing that I'm trying to understand as a as a player because I I play Battlefront now and I never wait in a lobby. There's always people playing the game. And in my opinion, why wouldn't they create something? And I understand it's more development time, but clearly there's people playing the game. And mm-hmm. as soon as they stop development on a game... They put it free everywhere, and the game grows immensely. 
Yep. For me, like obviously the SWOTOR team is a lot smaller than the Battlefront team was. Yes. Of course it is. But if they're pushing SWOTOR along, why why wouldn't they continue with Battlefront and make a battle pass or make something like that? I think I'm not sure. If if we do eventually get a Battlefront three, which there's tons of rumors on, there was this recent rumor that um Coruscant and Ahsoka was uh, going to be in Battlefront 3 and they had proof because they had this rendering that leaked but it's actually a, a rendering someone had done that you can download from the internet they just slapped a couple of shaders on it and touted it as this as this big deal that this is this is the reason Battlefront 3 but all that to say is if we do eventually get something like that I, I expect to see cross-platform play because that's that's a huge part of current gen gaming and i expect to see something along the lines of a battle pass because i mean historically mmos aren't aren't battle pass um enabled most of them are subscriptions um or based around purchasing uh legends and like league of legends so I, th- I think that may be one of the reasons that there has been a little bit of a backlash for SWOTOR in implementing this is historically it isn't something that they normally do because the MMO, the MMO uh, community loves the challenge and loves the grind and building up that, that like, I played this game for 15 years and I've put 20,000 hours into it and this is my life. Like, historically, that's a big part of MMO game culture. And this is changing it a little bit. I do agree with you. But maybe this is their way to be the first ones to do it mm-hmm. is going to kick them into the future. Because what if this battle pass replaces subscription? I think I think that'd be fantastic. Me as uh, as someone who would be interested in uh, getting more into SWOTOR, I think that would be fantastic. The hurdles will be if they get rid of the subscription for this galactic season you know, what would it cost to do it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where I'll use Call of Duty because I would say they have the most successful battle pass out of all yeah. the games. And their battle pass is amazing. You know, you pay, you you can buy, if you buy the game or you can get the Warzone for free, but then you buy the battle pass and I think it's 10 bucks or you can buy, pay 20 bucks and it skips you to like level 20, I think. Mm-hmm. And which is usually where it unlocks one of the guns you want. Yeah. I'm not even opposed to that either. Because they're saying, look, if you don't have the time to play, we're giving you the game for free. If you'd like to pay, you can pay. What I like about this idea of the Battle Pass for SWOTOR is it gives an extra feature for people to, I'm going to use the word, grind towards. Mm-hmm. Or it just makes, or maybe it's going to make you play different styles of the game that you don't usually play. Where if this week's reward track is PvP, you're going to get to play PvP. And what if you fall in love with it? Yeah. Or their Galactic Starfighter. You know, for me, I can't play those games because I get really like, I don't know which way is up and it like messes with my head. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, whenever I, when I did like the, um, I tried squadrons and that just didn't mm. work well for me. Yeah, I I know some friends of mine who who have that same problem as well. Friend of the podcast, Daniel, um, he he faces the same thing. Even watching it, 
Um, and he, he's, he's theorized maybe if, maybe if he played it, he'd have a little more control, but the, the first person nature of that too is, uh, definitely a limiter for some folks. Yeah. I watched the YouTube of all the cutscenes just so I didn't feel like I missed story. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, SWOTOR I feel as if is doing something huge because in the last game update, 6.2, they ended all of the uh, big story elements. So, like, everything that they've been working on for 10 years or 9 years ended at game six, update 6.2. And they're starting a full new storyline moving forward, which says to me that there's going to be something big coming later. Okay. But I want to... Yeah, so if I would say if you want to play SWOTOR, now is the time to get into it. And I want to thank you from your last episode. So you recommended a book. Um, It's about a video game like the video game developer. Oh yeah, Blood, Sweat and Pixels. So I am I'm listening to that now because I want to hear more about Star Wars 1313. Mm-hmm. But I started listening to it and it's actually fascinating to listen to this and hear about the game development because, you know, I'm a cabinet maker by trade, that's what I do for a living. Okay. So hearing about what it takes to make a game because in my eyes, I'm like, ah, oh, they just sit in front of the computer, they type in a bunch of things, and we have a game that works. <laughs> but, you know, clearly there's a lot more to it. Yeah. It's super insightful. Like, that book is one of my favorites of how games are made. Um, there's another one by the uh, one of the co-authors of the story for Battlefront Two, uh, Walt Williams, called uh, Significant Zero. That's another good one of uh, his journey in writing um, Spec Ops The Line. That's another one I would, I would highly recommend as well. But the, the, whole, the whole journey of Star Wars 1313 is incredibly varied, where they had an idea of uh, an original character, and then it's, it's indicative of the world of Lucasfilm at the time. George Lucas would have an idea, and he would try to fit that idea into every single thing that was Star Wars that was on the horizon. And um, I, I know there's a, a story out there of uh, when they were making The Force Unleashed that anytime they heard George Lucas coming around, they would hide all of the sketches and pretend to be having a meeting on something else because they knew that he would try to change everything that they wanted to make because he wasn't a huge fan of the video games necessarily. Uh, see, that fascinates me completely. And then um, I wanted to ask you, when they... Clearly, KOTOR is being remade, right? Yes. All of the signs lead to KOTOR being remade. <laughs> of course. Let me ask you this, because we asked this on uh, our podcast to our guest. Are you going to be okay with it being a linear story versus hmm. like the original where your choices matter, and if at the end you're evil, Darth Revan, or you're light side yeah i think if they do it linearly it's going to upset way too many fans i know personally i would be i wouldn't be really upset but i would be disappointed if they didn't take that now what what i see that i what i see the remake being is 
the fact that it's being leaked as a remake and a rumor as a remake versus a remaster leads me to this assumption is that they are going to make a version of KOTOR that is in line with all of the canon of Star Wars currently. And I maybe this is just me being hopeful, but I assume what they'll do is they'll have the options to go either way and all of the, maybe it's only three ways that you can go. Um, and each of those is canon, or they say, hey, this one is canon, this is how we wanted it to go, and the other ones are alternate universe type stuff. Like kind of, like Force Unleashed did, Force Unleashed 2, I think, did that, where they had a, the true ending, and then they had the other ones that you could get as well. That's interesting. I worry about how everything that, star wars makes now is has to be canon dude i've had this conversation on stream i've had it on the podcast a couple times where like i don't want every freaking star wars game to be canon um i would love to see a heroes versus villains game where you can play five luke skywalkers versus two darth vaders and a kylo ren and a emperor palpatine Right. I would love that game. Sure. I hope they don't... I hope it's as close to what the original was as possible. Because at the end of the day, what does it matter if you're Dark Side Revan or Light Side Revan? It's mm-hmm. still your Revan. Yeah. I, I, it all comes down to that. All comes down to that. So I, ho- I hope for the I hope for the, the ultimate KOTOR game where they... they have the soul of the originals but they bring in bring it into the new era they have new gameplay mechanics and they have uh, a stronger focus on the story and we get to see something very unique that we haven't seen before but harkens back to the originals um we'll see we'll see i know uh, it's uh uh, and Jason Jason Schreier's uh, report, the development company called Aspire, who does a bunch of ports for Star Wars games, uh, is working on it. So they would they would definitely have familiarity with the originals, which makes me hopeful. It's happening. I feel like it has to. And then if I can ask one more question about something that's looming in the air, the Star Wars open world game that Ubisoft is making. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to be a Division-style game, or do you think it's going to be Jedis and Siths? I think it's going to be Star Wars Division. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be ground combat, no Jedi, and I think it is going to have the mechanics that massive games has developed so far in their their lineup of games. It's going to be... I, I hope that they'll have an option where you can play it single player. You don't necessarily have to build up a squad. Um, but I definitely think it's going to have the, the online features that they've been known for in The Division and The Division 2. The live service. Yes. And like... Interesting. Ubisoft is the development company that I would trust to support a game like this for a couple of years at least. They have a really good track record of this. Yeah. So where I'm torn is, is it, you know, because they could make it an open world game like Assassin's Creed's, 
mm-hmm. or it could be like the division. And that's what I don't know. I think it's going to be more like the division than it is going to be Assassin's Creed. But I think there's definitely, I think there will be some of the things where like, oh, hey, this is like Assassin's Creed, but Star Wars in certain areas. But I don't think it's going to be the whole part. Awesome. So finally, for this episode, I want to ask you what the best class is in Star Wars The Old Republic. And I'd I'd like to to give them a rating. So let's begin. Let me pull up the uh, the classes here. How do you want me to rate them? A to B, C, D. Uh, if you could rate them from one cartel coin to ten cartel coins, <laughs> that would Gladly. be fantastic. All right. Starting off on the Republic, what would you give the Jedi Knight? I would say it's ten cartel coins because. If you if you're going to play a a game and it's in set in Star Wars, who doesn't want to be a <laughs> Padawan and rise up to become a Master Jedi? So, question for you: Is that like, would you recommend that to start off with? Like, say for me, never I, I played Spotor a little bit, but it's so long ago that's a completely different game. Starting off, would you recommend either the Jedi Knight or the Sith Warrior? Well. I guess my first question would be, do you want a lightsaber or do you like some people like want to be a bounty hunter mm-hmm. because they've always dreamed of it or a trooper because they always dream dreamed of being like a clone trooper. You know yeah. what I mean? So I feel like the question you have to ask yourself when you load in, do you want a lightsaber or do you want a blaster? Okay. First and foremost. And what is the most iconic thing for you? For me, if I start when I first started the game, my first character was a trooper because I always wanted to be, you know, a republic trooper. Mm-hmm. I mean we have so trooper. many stories with we have so many stories in Star Wars with Jedi Knights that at this point I more enjoy mm-hmm. the stories like the Mandalorian and I think that's why it's gone over so well. It's like people are people are hungry for those uh, gritty uh, I'm not a Jedi stories. Yes, but at the same time, if I was when I I loved the Jedi Knight story because it was it hit home. You know what I mean? And you're mm-hmm. creating this character as a Padawan, and you're going through the ranks and doing your things, and you're making your own choices. And you know you find out at the end. Am I really a Jedi or am I really made to be a Sith because of the light side and dark side choices? Yeah. I assume on the Empire side, the Sith warriors is on the same level as the Jedi Knight. It's my favorite class story in the game. Okay. Because, so, my, in my, my favorite Star Wars character itself in all of Star Wars is R2-D2. Excellent. Um, in, in all of Star Wars because, well, he's always been there. Right, mm-hmm. and he's always there to save the day. I mean, he's a but, little sassy droid. How could you not like him? Correct. But my favorite, like, if you expand past the movies, my favorite character is Ventress. Mm. And with the Sith warrior, you can be a Marauder, which has two lightsabers. Where there's never been in any other game where you could have two lightsabers. And the story is fantastic. Okay. So I would give the Sith Warrior an 11 cartel coin if I oh. could. 
So break that's breaking how, if, the rating is how how much you love this. Yeah, that's my favorite class in the game. If if I was if I was starting the game from scratch and or a new player was coming, I would tell him to play the Sith Warrior first, no matter what. Okay. And you're gonna learn to hate Darth Barris. <laughs> Next up on the on the Republic side, we've got the Jedi Counselor, and then on the Empire side, we've got the Sith Inquisitor. What are your ratings for each of these guys on the same side of the coin? Okay, so the Counselor, I would give a five cartel coin. Um, the story is really boring, and it's very like. Uh, what's the way I look at it? Uh, like a goody two shoes. Like it's like you're almost forced to be like the perfect angel as a counselor. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Every every decision is very much pushing you towards the light, and it's whatever you need, sir. Whatever you need, sir. Uh, the force <laughs> will be with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where the inquisitor. I would say is like a nine cartel coin because you start off on Korriban and you're a slave and they remind you on how evil the Imperial side is and they call you slave like a thousand times and you're basically you learn to just hate the people around you because everybody doubts you and you get to shoot lightning from your hands and who doesn't want to do that I love your reasoning <laughs> uh, next up we, you, you touched on a little bit we've got the trooper on the republic side and we've got the bounty hunter on the empire side so i'm gonna start on the opposite side today with the bounty hunter i mean who doesn't want to be a mando or I, a bounty I mean, hunter and go kill people right exactly so it was the class was uh, really awesome and uh, minor spoiler, the first chapter of the bounty hunter is the great hunt. So do you remember? Um, oh man, I can't think of the race. Um, the lizards, the lizard. Um, oh my oh, the, god, the Trandoshans. Yes, the Trandoshans. So you're invited to this great hunt. And you have to take out some of the like the most bad mofos on the planet. <laughs> in the galaxy, I mean. And you're working with these Trandos to do it. The story is really good. Um, out of all the class stories, it may not be my favorite, but it was still fun to do. Okay. Now, the trooper... Now, this is going to sound crazy. The trooper story is the first story I did as a dark side. Every choice I made was dark side, and it went really, really dark down a hole because as a trooper, you're a military man. Okay. And, and you know, basically you're telling your, you know, uh, general to shut up. You're the best there is, the best there was, and the best there will ever be. And it actually made the storyline really, really good. Mm. So the bounty hunter, I would say I would give an eight cartel coin. A dark side trooper, I would probably give an eight cartel coin. A light side trooper, I would say probably like a seven cartel coin. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because don't the... forget there's two tracks. Next up, we've got the smuggler on the Republic side, and then we've got the Imperial agent on the Empire. Okay, so there's with the smuggler... If you play the smuggler as if you were Han Solo, 
It's a 10 cartel coin all the way. <laughs> He's snarky. You can flirt with every woman or man that you see. If you want to flirt, you're flirting, and you're going to make things happen. <laughs> Where, you know, I had a lot of fun playing that because I played it just like if I, I, I imagined myself as Han Solo cruising the galaxy in your ship, and it was really fun, like laugh-out-loud moments. So I would say, you know, that's a solid nine cartel coin. Now, the Imperial agent is the quote-unquote best story in the game. Now, what's interesting about the agent is when you first start playing the game, that is the only class you can start off by playing a chiss. So, and the dialogue is different if you play a chiss, okay. which is pretty sweet, like Thrawn. Yeah. And the story is really good. Um, I enjoyed the Imperial Agent because it's a different side of the Empire that you don't really see. It's like they're special ops. Okay. Um, I enjoyed the story, but it was not my favorite. Um, a lot of people say the agent story is the best, and a lot of people love the agent. Um, I, if it was me, I would give it an eight cartel coin. Okay, excellent. But, but the, but the gist of all this is each story has its own perks. Okay. And you can play the game for completely free and play all of those class stories for free. And never pay a dollar if you don't want. Excellent. I'm excited. I've got it downloaded. Uh, I just need to boot it up and get rocking and rolling. So a couple things. Um, make sure you join the Starforge server because that's the server I'm on. Okay. And when you get in game, let me know and I can invite you into our guild. Uh, it's a family-friendly guild. Everybody's really happy, but you'll get an XP bonus for joining the guild. And then once I know your character name, I'll send you a million credits so you can buy some important things that you'll need to start. Oh, perfect. That's what I call winning. <laughs> Excellent. I'm excited. You've got me hyped up for it more than I have been in the past. And I'm looking forward to delving a little bit deeper uh, on Uplink as well into the world of SWOTOR. Well, once they announce whatever's coming for the 10-year, I'll be sure to uh, mention it as well. Definitely. Keep me posted. Dude, it's been a blast having you on the podcast again. Glad uh, we were able to get this rocking and rolling. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, and I can't wait for you to come on Working Class Nerds. Yes, I'm pumped too. It's going to be fun. Thank you for listening to Uplink Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Uplink Podcast or on Instagram at Uplink Podcast. If you like the show, and we hope you do, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review. It helps us out a ton. It gets your feedback, and it helps us attract new listeners. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so on our Patreon, patreon.com slash uplinkpodcast. Be very appreciative of that. You can get exclusive content like Uplink Plus, our exclusive Patreon podcast, as well as some bonus insider deals on Uplink Podcast merchandise, as well as a mention in the outro. This right here. We'd like to thank Daniel, who uh, supports us at the $10 a month level and helps bring the show to you lovely people thank you so much daniel and if you'd like a shout out at the end of the episode please 
consider supporting on Patreon. Helps us out a ton, helps us to expand the show and bring you weekly content. We also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Yes, I know. We're uplink podcast now, but can't change the URL for YouTube. So please consider checking out the content that we're producing over there. We have weekly streams every Saturday at 12 p.m. MST, as well as bonus content and expansion of the show. You can find the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Wherever you find podcasts, you can find this show. Links to all of the guests' information will be in the description of this episode, so definitely go check them out as well. As always, thanks for listening. Goodness gracious.